The power of positive thinking is truly a miracle. We are balls of energy that can be changed and shaped and molded, and we can do so just by our thoughts. You're listening to the Self-Adore Podcast, hosted by Ellie Bannon and Clea Martin. Our mission is to inspire you to step into your magic and allow self-love to flow into your world. Our transition into becoming full-time entrepreneurs sparked our journey into a deeper practice of self-love. On this pod, we'll cover topics ranging from self-care, wellness, passion, mindfulness, and personal growth. We'll share our own experiences and bring on fabulous guests that will shift the conversation around self-love, making it feel more inviting and empowering. Stay tuned for a new episode each week that will inspire you to self-adore. Thanks for spending time with us. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Self-Ador podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and spend some time with us today. We are joined by a really special guest. So today we are chatting with Kelly Bloodgood. She is the owner of Well and Good Health Studios, which is located in Hermosa Beach, California. Clay and I had the amazing opportunity not only to chat with Kelly, but to spend some time in the studio and experience the treatments that they have there. So we got the chance to try the infrared sauna pod and the red light therapy, which is like this bed where you kind of go into this dark room and there's I think like a Himalayan salt lamp and some peaceful music. It feels almost like a meditative experience and then you lay down on this bed of crystals so it is literally like crushed amethyst I believe and like tourmaline and I want to say jade I think there might be some jade in there but just really high energy high vibrational crystals you lay on that bed over a towel and the lights are off and then you kind of put this um the the machine comes over you but it doesn't feel like you're not closed in it it isn't anything like that I was a little anxious because I'm a little bit claustrophobic but it was nothing like that and then you turn it on for 20 minutes and Kelly gets into this into the pod so I won't share too much but it's just like this warm experience and the music that's playing and it gets you into this meditative state Oh my gosh, Clay and I were just like, we looked at each other after we both experienced it and we were like, that was seriously cool. Like we felt, our bodies felt warm. We felt like just like comforted and healed and in a way like also energized and calm at the same time. It was just really cool. It was super cool. We had an amazing time. We are so thankful that Kelly opened up her space and was so willing to give us that experience and to share her story with us. And we cannot wait for you to listen to her. She's so incredibly inspiring. So on this episode, we really get into Kelly's journey around her diagnosis with Lyme disease and what her life was like before it, um, during it, and kind of currently as well. So this is really an episode around bravery and healing and kind of standing in your power and really knowing when something is wrong and tuning into that and being confident in yourself to say like, I need to continue to seek the help that I know I deserve because I'm not okay and something isn't right. And um, we just really admire Kelly for that because because doing that can be a really hard thing sometimes. So anyways, I won't spoil too much of the episode. It's a vulnerable one. Kelly shares her incredible journey and really opens up around her hardships and how she has overcome it and really shifted her mindset into a wonderful, positive place now. So Thank you, Kelly, for everything, and we can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Also, I wanted to mention that if you are interested in checking out the Well and Good Health Studios, 
If you're located in Southern California, it's a must. Add it to your list. You've got to go. Just mention Selfador when you either call to make an appointment or do it online, and they have a special intro package deal for you. The amazing thing about her studio is that all of the packages are really affordable, and it is reasonable and just super accessible, which I think is super cool because sometimes treatments feel a little bit out of reach or something like that. It just wouldn't fit into your lifestyle, so that's what's really special about Kelly's space. She's so beautifully integrated affordability into an incredible um, inspiring and healing space as well. So check it out. Tell her we said hello. She's fabulous. You will love her. And the other thing I just wanted to mention before we dive in is that there is a little bit of background noise in this episode. And We had like a vacuum situation going on unexpectedly in the background and then the AC kicked on and there was a little bit of mic feedback. So sometimes those things just sort of like happen and you don't really anticipate it and then you don't really realize it until we are listening back and um, editing this podcast. So bear with us. We did our best to tone it down and keep it a little bit reasonable, but Anyways, just wanted to mention that it will come and go and thank you for your patience as we continue to improve and get better and share all of these amazing and inspiring stories. So enjoy. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Selfador podcast. We are so happy to have you, Kelly. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us in your beautiful studio today, too. This was like such a treat oh for gosh. us and I feel amazing. I feel alive again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So let's dive in. Okay. We know that you have been on a more intense wellness journey since the time that you realized something really needed to change yes. in your life. So can you dive into this for us a little bit and kind of talk us through the beginning of your wellness journey? So about seven years ago, I think I started to have some very strange symptoms, things that I just had never experienced before. Just a lack of strength, opening doors, opening my car door. It just it was just very strange. And then I started to experience joint pain. And at first I was like, oh, maybe I'm just working too much on the computer. You know, you just always want to try and rationalize what's going on. And it wasn't that, because then it wasn't just in my wrist. It then became, you know, my shoulders, my knees, my hips. There were times where I would wake up in the morning, and to get to the bathroom, I would have to crawl, and wow. <laughs> which is not normal. <laughs> and then I started to experience um, just extreme exhaustion, like exhaustion that I had never really experienced before. And again, was would explain it away. I have three children. I'm working this, that, this is why I'm tired or I wasn't sleeping well. And I would go to my, I went to my general practitioner. I went to internist specialists. I was everything from, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you, Kelly, and you maybe want to get some psychiatric help. And to maybe I had MS, maybe I had rheumatoid arthritis. One doctor told me that it was probably just pre-menopause, and there was nothing I could do about it. So I lived like that for quite a while until it got to a point where I was getting up, getting ready for work, driving to work, which was only two miles away, almost falling asleep, and then getting to work and was like, I just, I have to go home. So I, at one point, I decided I was just going to stop working and really just focus on finding out what was going on with my body because it was not it was not okay (laughs) what did it feel like to be going to different doctors and trying to seek help and feeling like you weren't finding a solution was that hard yes that's why I have my tissues with me right now because I will be tearing up throughout this um yeah it was it was frustrating it made me doubt myself I um I was scared I um yeah, it was just a, a lot of very negative feelings, really. Doubt, fear, um, and I just sort of felt I was in survival mode and not living. And 
Yeah, it's just it's just a terrible feeling to go from doctor to doctor just being told there's nothing wrong with you or being misdiagnosed. What I love though is the intuition that you had and that you maintained through it to know that you had to make a change. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I think that I think everybody has that and I believe that we rely a lot on doctors because we these view them as experts but that's not always the case and I just knew I you know I just knew <laughs> so was there a shift for you did you end up seeing somebody that did give you some answers what was that process like as you started to kind of learn more about what might actually be wrong Yes, so I, um, you know, in my mind, I was just convinced that I had a thyroid issue that just was not coming up with the regular testing, which is common. And so I decided, I was talking with um, a couple of women that I used to work with, and one of them mentioned a medical group in El Segundo, just up the street here, called Holtorf Medical Group and went in there and of course you know I had to go outside of my scope of insurance and pay for this but at this point I was willing to pay anything and went to to Holtorf Medical Group they specialize in autoimmune diseases to hormone you know hormonal imbalances men and women uh, Lyme disease as well um, and a whole host of other things and so my first meeting there with Dr. Laffer, I, I immediately just knew that this, they were going to help me find out what was going on. And I had 32 blood tests, 32 vials for my first time. And the, the technician said, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, um, that's what I'm hoping to find out and I'll let you know when I, when I come back. So I was just beyond thankful to, to find them and to find them in my backyard. Because when I go to, when I, you know, I still go every couple of months, I always see people coming in with their luggage. Like they're coming straight from LAX, they're flying all over the country. Some people even from, you know, out of the country. Um, I think Holtreff now has two or three clinics in the United States. Um, so I just, I just knew I was probably in the right, in the right place. <laughs> yeah. We would love to dive into your mindset during that time. And you mentioned how hard it was for you physically, but we would love to dive into how you felt throughout this process and how you were able to shift your mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the mindset is, is interesting when you, are ill and you know that you're ill but you don't know what's happening you know there's at that point it's more frustration um, some fear definitely and as time goes on that fear just sort of envelops you and I'm not sure if it like when I finally got the diagnosis there was a sense of of relief because I finally knew but then it was, now what do I do about it? And Lyme isn't something where you take a pill and you're going to feel better in a few weeks or months or whatnot. With Lyme, if you're, it's not caught right away, you then become late stage and chronic. And that's where I am because I was actually bitten by a tick when I was around 10 years old. And Lyme was just being, so I, I was bitten about 1977-ish. Lyme was just being discovered in Old Lyme County, Connecticut in 1975. So there was no way. And they, it, at that time, too, they just, they just assumed it was an East Coast disease. So I was never going to be cured from it. I mean, there was just, that was never going to happen for me. There's not a single doctor that I could have gone to at the age of 10 that would have even thought of testing. And you didn't feel the symptoms at that time, no, right? No, I didn't. But then as I look back on my life, I did. I was bitten on my stomach and my dad, 
I believe we were camping or hiking and asked somebody for a match and he burned it out of me, which is not what you're really supposed to do. <laughs> but it did get the tick out. So I was pretty sick as a child, even into my teen years. I, I got pneumonia. I got mono. I, I got everything that was out there. It just hit me. And it kind of continued throughout my life. Then I had fertility issues which is very common in Lyme as well. And so my husband and I went through fertility testing, nothing wrong. They did not know why I couldn't get pregnant. They thought maybe it was stress at that time I was teaching, which is very stressful, (laughs) and decided to take a leave of absence. And I eventually did get pregnant. My first son, Will, was born two months early, spent a month in the hospital, came home after a month. Then I ended up getting pregnant pretty soon afterwards because we, we thought, you know, it took about two and a half years the first time. We didn't want to wait that long. So, and then boom, I got pregnant again. My son, Jack, also born two months early and my doctors had no idea why I delivered early. They actually said, you must have a small uterus. And I was like, is that a thing? Wow. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm not totally sure that that is a thing. So both of them were born two months early. So looking back, it's like, it was the Lyme. My body could only handle so much, which then leads me into, we really wanted three kids. And it just didn't seem wise to get pregnant again because we had two relatively healthy preemies. I mean, they came home with on monitors and things like that. So we ended up adopting our daughter from China. And I mean, my ex-husband and I would both agree that it is one of the best decisions we ever made in our entire lives. And adoption had always been on the table because while I was going through, you know, trying to get pregnant, we had made the decision that we would adopt and not go through in vitro and all that. So adoption was always on the table. And thankfully, you know, it just, it, it just worked out perfectly. So we adopted Jane when she was 10 months old from China and now she's 14 and the light of our lives. So oh, that's so yeah. Cool. Wow. What a beautiful story to come of all of this. Yes. Like if that wasn't for, you know, part of the, the things that you went through, yes. you wouldn't have her. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think of that and, you know, I, I think that is probably one of the things that when I was in bed for about a year and a half, um, prior to being diagnosed and then after my diagnosis, I was really bedridden for that amount of time. And I just kind of came to me one day and I just started to cry. And it was just, it just made everything okay. It just made it okay that, okay, I have Lyme. (laughs) Sorry, I have Lyme. But because of that, there is this beautiful human being in our lives. And don't get me wrong, we love our boys. <laughs> I, love, I love my boys. But her life wouldn't have changed and our life wouldn't have changed. So for me, it is all worth it. Mm-hmm. Wow. A common thread that I'm seeing is your bravery through everything, your bravery to discover what was wrong, to know something was wrong all along. Can you dive into how you were able to be brave enough to step into who you knew you were and find a solution? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I don't, it's so hard for me to talk about because I don't really think of myself as brave. I know people aren't even going to be able to hear me because <laughs> I'm crying. I'm, let me try and get it together. But it is, it's very, it's, it's still very emotional and very raw because I do not view myself as brave. I don't view myself as anything other than just a normal woman who got hit with something pretty horrific I don't know if it's my Irish Catholic upbringing or, or my type A personality or whatnot, just to, I think you just persevere. And I have three kids. I can't, I can't give up. And so I think that all of that just got me to a place that I just wasn't going to take no and I was not going to stay in that bed any longer. I was gonna do whatever I could. I, I got 
really sick right when my boys started high school. They're now seniors. That's about the time I was being diagnosed, the time that I was in bed. And there's a tremendous amount of guilt I feel that I could not be the mom that I wanted to be for them throughout their high school years. There's things I just didn't get to do or maybe even get to teach them, like laundry and how to boil water, (laughs) things like that. And so I think for me it was I just have to change this around because I still have a lot to live. I mean, a lot of time. At this point, I was in my late 40s. I'm now 52, and I know even though my kids think I'm old, (laughs) I have a lot of life left to live. I've had a great life. Of course, we've had ups and downs, and I've had them just as much as everybody else, but this just was not going to be the end for me. I needed to really be the mom that I wanted to be and that I used to be. It's hard when you can't even drive around the corner to your daughter's soccer game. So I missed a lot. And I don't know if it's bravery or if it's just stubbornness to tell you the truth. I could visualize my life and what I wanted. Is it exactly what I want? No, because I have, I have limitations, but it's about compromising and and working around my Lyme and still sort of trying to maintain the life that I had before. Well, I mean, that's a huge part of self-love within itself, just having that determination to feel better and to be better because you do respect yourself so much and you do want to give that love that you know you can. I mean, that is really what we are all about on this podcast. And you are brave and really owning that is a huge part of self-love and stepping into who you are and also we feel like part of self-love is self-forgiveness so you kind Mm -hmm. of went through this phase of really having to accept that this was the phase of life that you were in and it wasn't maybe necessarily what you expected but it's okay because you persevered through it so how did your self-love journey change a little bit were there any practices or rituals that really helped get you through and that you still believe in I, you know, I love that you are bringing up self-care because my generation, self-care was not a thing <laughs> at all. I don't, I mean, the word self existed and care existed, mm-hmm. but they did not exist together. And if you did practice self-care, it was viewed as selfishness. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe I, I read an article recently where an actress who's probably 20 years younger than me said something that she doesn't believe in self-care. And I probably 20 years ago would have agreed with her, and now I do not. <laughs> and I think that people don't quite understand what self-care is. I used to think self-care was I slept an extra hour or a girl's night out, or even going to Target or the grocery store without my children, (laughs) which are all great things, but I don't know how much they actually feed our souls. And so being in bed for about a year and a half, I got to really actually spend some quality time with my kids. They would come and sit in bed with me. We might be watching shows or whatnot, And it would elevate my mood to a place that I felt truly happy, even though I was bedridden and not doing anything that I used to do. So for me now, self-care is about feeding my soul. And where for a lot of time, for many years, you know, I I worked in the medical spa industry after um, my kids got older and really focusing on the outside, not on the inside. And when I got sick, all of that sort of had to go away. And the only place for me to focus was on my soul. And reading books, listening to other people's stories, spending time with my kids just in bed talking and listening to them mainly, those are the things that really got me out of all of this. And and my friends and my boyfriend and my family, there was negative things coming in at me. It wasn't just all here inside of me with my own negative thoughts when I got to places you know and it might have happened like on a weekly (laughs) daily weekly basis of going to a very very dark place that scared me 
tremendously. I'd never been to that place before. And there were people too that around me that were fairly negative. People who told me I was faking. People who told me, oh, well, you look good, so you must not be that sick. Tuning all of that out, getting rid of that, making a very conscious effort of not allowing that in. And we have all the control over that. And the power of positive thinking is truly a miracle. We are balls of energy that can be changed and shaped and molded. And we can do so just by our thoughts. And so getting into that and reading more articles and more books and watching documentaries on all of this, it really changed my life and my perspective. I did not grow up a positive thinker at all. My household growing up was not, was not about nourishing your soul. It was just about getting things done. Mm-hmm. So what I also love about this is, is transferring this to my children and changing, helping change their thought process, that we are fully in charge of our beings and cutting out whatever is negative and inviting in what is positive will change your life forever. The main thread that I'm seeing here is you were able to connect to who you truly were and yes. discover what self-care practices make you feel good and completely shift your mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've connected to myself in a way that I <laughs> never, ever had. I always thought I was fairly self-aware, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, <laughs> I will retract that. I was not self-aware at all. And now I feel like I am to a point where it's like if I'm getting something negative from someone, I have to switch it around, whether I have to remove myself or redirect conversation or or even just stand up for myself. That power of positive thinking. I know it sounds silly, but it's true. (laughs) For some people, positive thinking can be really, really challenging. And a lot of times people tend to maybe victimize themselves or feel like everything is happening to them, to them, to them. So what would you say to someone who really might want to consider shifting their mindset? Is it meditation? Is it reading positive affirmations? Was there anything that really worked for you that could sort of quickly snap you into a better place? Yeah, that, you know, it's interesting because I wouldn't say that I started off being a person with positive thoughts and positive thinking. So for me, it was surrounding myself and even being stuck in bed, I had to reach out. There was a time period that I would lie in bed and definitely self-pity just crept in. And I did, I just think I started to notice that it's when my kids were around, I felt better. And then if I invited a friend over, even if it was just to sit on the couch for 20 minutes with me and tell me what was going on in their lives, I felt better. I felt better, I think it was just connecting with people. And people hearing my story or I, you know, hearing someone else's stories, because someone out there always has it worse off than we do. The one thing about me was I didn't really ever ask why is this happening to me? Because I just, you know, being 52, I've seen what the world is and how the world works. And it's a lottery, you know, we, we don't know what we're going to end up with. And I did sort of accept that this was my cross to bear, but the self pity of, oh, I'm, I'm not doing what I used to do. Oh, everybody's getting together for so-and-so's birthday and I can't go or I can't go to my daughter's, you know, guitar recital, or my boys, you know, even back to school night, or soccer games, or whatnot. And it became very isolating. I was alone all the time. And I have my kids every other week. So on the weeks that they weren't there is what I noticed was when I would plummet. Then the weeks that they were there, even though they were at school all day, when they got home, like I, like I was so excited for them to come, you know, bouncing in. Even if they, if, even if they were coming in with complaints, I was just happy to connect because I was very lonely and very isolated. And one person asked me recently, or said to me, 
oh, you know, like, what's your angle of your story? Like, what's your hook? What makes your story different? And for me, it was, it's not about my story being different. It's about my story being the same, that somebody out there can identify whether or not they're going through Lyme or they're going through a divorce or they're going through cancer or a death or whatnot, that if somebody can hear my story, identify with it, feel a little bit better, then that's all that matters. You know, I don't need a hook. I don't need Mm -hmm. something that makes me special. It's really about just being a story that a lot of people can identify with. And hopefully they'll learn from the mistakes I made of not reaching out and sitting there in my bed crying, watching Game of Thrones for the third time (laughs) all the way through. I watched a lot of TV. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like I can be, I really should have gone into like, you know, movie and TV reviewing. (laughs) There's like so much. I've watched everything. (laughs) Everything. Yeah, because I couldn't even, it was hard for me to read because the the neurological side effects, yes, was really hard. Sounds like a big shift happened for you and I don't know when it happened for you but we would love to go back and explore how you felt during that time and maybe give someone going through something similar or any sort of hardship advice what would you say to yourself back then and what advice would you give to someone who feels a little bit hopeless I would say don't sit around and wait for things and people to come to you so many people don't know how to help and I'd almost get annoyed when people are like, oh, what can I do for you? And it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what to do for myself. And so I would just say nothing. Don't worry. I'm, oh, I'm okay. You know, I think it was too much of, of not allowing help in. And so my advice is to accept help, appreciate it, and know that you're also giving to that person. It's like, it's not like you're so incapacitated that you can't give something back maybe you make their day because they are coming over and telling you all their problems and you're excited to hear about them because the only stimulation I had was the tv (laughs) and so I would listen to anything anybody had to say so yeah I think it's just it's it's basically allowing allowing people to help you which can be really hard to do it is it is I'm a really independent person I'm a doer you know, if you're looking around here, it was like, I didn't wait for anybody to take the sofa out of the box. I did it, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't have been doing, <laughs> you know, all of these things. Then when I got this rug, I moved all the furniture and, you know, I didn't wait for anyone to help me. And of course, I then was in pain for several days <laughs> afterwards. But that has been my mentality since I was born. And it has shifted. Like now when someone says, oh, you know, what can I do to help? It's like, you know what, I'm in bed today, I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm on pain medications, but my daughter needs to be picked up, you know, and so just allowing just even that. Mm -hmm. Allowing that love in. Yes, it's allowing love in, and I think that's a great way to put it. It's not just help, but it is allowing love in. Yeah, it's really a two-way street, too, like you mentioned. You are adding value to people's lives and enriching them. Yes, yes, and I think that For me, that whole, you know, you were talking about like the self-pitying and the victimization, that is where that came in for me by not allowing the love in. Then it was sort of like I could remain angry. I could remain hurt. I could remain this way. But the second you allow that love in, it also helps with just changing your mindset. Because if if you're keeping everybody at a distance and you're isolating yourself, you're not going to have a whole lot of positive thoughts going on. And with that, I mean, part of letting the love in and finding that support is really building that network and that community of people around you. So what? where did you go to find people that could support you and were on the same page as you and really wanted to kind of be there for each other? Was it a group of women or was it a wellness space? I think I posted something on Facebook about Lyme. I think I think it was, a, I posted, because I had watched this documentary called Under Our Skin, and it's about the whole Lyme epidemic. And I was just so moved by it. And it has a lot of amazing information in there that doesn't have to do with Lyme, that I thought was just a necessary thing for people to see. So I posted it, I think, on my personal Facebook page. And 
then I had a lot of outpouring from you know people I went to grade school with to high school or college or I met through a friend of a friend who you know they didn't even know I was sick and so there was just a lot of outreach there but then from that I was being connected to people who had Lyme or they had um, you know some other illness that was you know changed their lives also and being put in touch with people. I had, a, I had a few friends who wanted me to talk to people they knew who were either going through it or their child was going through it or their husband was going through it. And so, yeah, so basically girlfriends, female acquaintances. Somehow I became the person that they looked to for information. And so I would just, you know, impart what everything I had learned who my doctors were, what I've learned from my doctors, what my treatment plan, you know, was, the various many things that I have tried through Lyme, which is all experimental, and was just sort of, I felt like I had purpose again, because I hadn't felt like that for a very long time, um, you know, from quitting work to not really being the mom that I wanted to be, not even to being the partner that I wanted to be. It was through being connected to other people that I found, I just, I felt a sense of purpose, which then brings all the positive feelings, you know, flooding in. And I just ran with it. That's what really began to fuel you again. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So congrats on this yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you. Is that what really inspired you to bring this space to life? So when it, through my research, I found that every expert, doctors that I would follow, I really love Dr. Mark Hyman as well as Dr. Josh Axe. They're, they're out there. They're on social media. And just different articles, documentaries, everything, it was pushing me towards infrared light, red light, presotherapy, lymphatic drainage. So I just went on Yelp and started to look for places around here, and there was nothing, absolutely nothing. So I was driving to Santa Monica, to Brentwood, to L.A., to Beverly Hills, and just knowing that this is going to be the rest of my life, I really wanted someone to open up something down here <laughs> and figured, well, I think maybe I should do it. And so in the beginning, something that was going to help me, I realized that if I were to open this place, house everything under one roof, that all those people who are out there suffering, like I have been, will have a place to go. And so the inception of Well and Good. Beautiful. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with infrared and how you actually discovered its benefits and how that shifted everything for you? Before this, I'm not even sure I had heard of infrared Ever. I mean, I've, obviously I knew the word, but not in terms of any of these treatments. And so the first time I went into an infrared sauna, it was a booth. Here we have the pods, simply because that's my preference. And I had gone to one place, done presotherapy, and then gone to another place and done the infrared sauna. And the way I felt immediately was all I needed to know. That was, that was it. So then I kept going and going, and my joint pain was better. My immune system was starting to work again, and it just worked. Had I not been sick and tried all of this, I would still be doing it, because afterwards I feel amazing, because I've been living with Lyme for 42-plus years. And I just remember thinking, wow, is this how I'm supposed to feel like every day? <laughs> is this how other people feel? Like, no wonder they get stuff done because <laughs> they feel so good. And I just, I knew I wanted to feel that way. So my first thing I did was I put a red light device in my house, sitting in front of it daily, 10 to 20 minutes, and really just started to see how light therapy truly works. Wow, that's incredible. We feel that energy. We just experienced two of your, well, one pod and then mm -hmm. your sauna here. And exactly that, like the energy level, the feel good, just yeah. the, mm -hmm. the all around anxiety reducing. Yes. Um, yes. Everything is incredible. So 
at Well and Good, you guys have four different offerings, is that right? Well, one is a facial treatment. Yes, yeah, so we do dermal infusion, which is a fantastic facial treatment. In terms of whole body, we have red, I have a red light therapy bed, which you are lying on a crystal mat, and it's actually an infrared heated pad. It has 15 pounds of crushed amethyst, and as well as tourmaline and jade, as well as jade buttons. And just lying under there with the red light over you, it's a red light canopy bed. You lie there for 20 minutes, so you are, you're, receiving, you're receiving the light, <laughs> as well as you're getting a lot of healing from the crystal energy and the infrared. And that's a great, quick 20-minute treatment. Then we have the pressotherapy, which is basically a compression suit. You get a sleeve on each leg as well as a sleeve around your core. And that is full body lymphatic drainage. Our environment, the things we eat, clogs our lymphatic system. And that then leads to so many health issues. So for me, it was going in and getting lymphatic drainage wherever I could, whether it was manual, you know, a massage or or a compression suit like we have here. What I love about it is incredibly relaxing. I, I feel like it's the closest you can get to being back in the womb. The air chambers fill up sequentially and they're pushing everything towards your groin lymphatic system. So as you urinate throughout the day, as you will, you're just expelling toxins and heavy metals from your body and getting that lymphatic system working again. You're improving your circulation by doing this. You're improving your immune system. The host of benefits is great. These these treatments aren't necessarily for someone who is in pain. Like these are for anyone yes. who is yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? I know that I suffer from anxiety and I think well we both can say that we do, but there's a few things that we've done to try to, you know, improve and reduce that anxiety and it seems like this could also be something that really supports that. Definitely. And I have suffered from anxiety, depression pretty much my whole life whether it's you know just inherited or it's because of the Lyme I don't know but it doesn't really matter <laughs> so with the light therapy and we didn't touch yet on the infrared pod so the infrared sauna which I I preferred the pods because your head is out you have a fan blowing on you with Himalayan salt and aromatherapy you're lying down it's very comfortable you can even fall asleep in there so I preferred that method versus the infrared blankets and the infrared booth so with that light therapy has been known to help lift your mood it helps with anxiety depression you know when daylight savings comes around i hope to see a lot of people coming in here to get that because people do get very down in the winter time they probably should have a lot of these pods in alaska <laughs> and what are some of the benefits from the infrared pods as far as the body goes and long-term benefits so with the pod very similar to the pressotherapy it does its lymphatic drainage as well as helping reduce inflammation in the body. If you know anything about inflammation, we do not want that in our bodies at all. With Lyme disease and my co-infections, I am like a walking ball of, of inflammation. You're, you're burning calories in there as well, so it's great for weight loss, weight management. Your heart rate is being elevated because of the heat. Therefore, it's as if you went and ran three miles. So it's your blood is circulating. It's great for anybody with circulation problems. Same with the pressotherapy. It's great for your skin. It helps rebuild collagen, which we start losing from the age 30 on. And I'm hard pressed to find things that it doesn't do, except clean my house and make my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just amazing, too, because I feel like you're making this so accessible. Your prices are reasonable in mm -hmm. your studio, and it's just so comforting here. I feel like you can hop from room to room and try it out. Was that kind of what you really wanted when creating this space? Definitely. I want it to be affordable to people, and that's why you know my packages and the memberships are, are very, very low because I want people to I want people to come. I don't want them just to come once a month. I don't want them to come twice a year. I want them to come as much as they need to. And recently my handyman who helped me with all of this, he's now coming twice a week. 
and you know he's in construction and he said to me the other day he's like this is amazing because I'm sleeping so well all of my aches and pains at the end of the day aren't there anymore I've had people say many people say it's the first time they've slept through the night in a very long time after doing the sonopod I have had people who have canceled surgeries who canceled MRIs because their shoulders feeling great now or their their knee pain is dissipating so it's something that I want people to incorporate into their life and not be just something that oh I'll go try that or I'll oh maybe I'll do that twice a year because as it says on my wall wellness is a lifestyle not a trend and I want this to be part of people's lifestyles I love how important it is to your wellness routine, too. It's not just somewhere you go and kind of have an afternoon. You really make this a daily practice, right, or a weekly? Yes. How often yes. do you? I do it as much. I, yeah, there's times where I'm in there almost every day, and then, you know, time-wise, I try to do it every other day. And that's for someone like me who is battling, uh, you know, some sort of illness, disease, For your average person who is in relatively good health, once a week, twice a month is fantastic. If you're an athlete or just athletic and you are experiencing those aches and pains from working out, of course, the more you do it, the better for you as well. You also mentioned something about scarring as well. It can help with Yes. We're dealing with red light and infrared light, and those are at the end of the light spectrum. They penetrate on a cellular level, so you are you are getting benefits that I don't know where else you could get the get these benefits from. I have a C-section scar, and it's. I mean, I had two C-sections within a year, (laughs) and and that scar was fairly big for quite some time, and then when I did get my home device, standing in front of it daily, even just for 10 minutes, I've noticed it, like I just don't really notice my scar anymore, you know, it's just, it's really starting to subside. A woman came in, she had, you know, and this is a cosmetic thing, she had a facelift, and she's coming in to help get rid of those scars that are more noticeable around her ears. One woman was talking about how she had this scar from when she was bitten by a dog, and it's always bothered her, it's noticeable, you know, it's like right on her arm, and so she's coming in. Even though that may seem somewhat cosmetic, it not really to me because it's going to change the way she feels totally. about herself it amazing. is it yeah. is yeah and the fact that these things work on a cellular level red light starts to stimulate your mitochondria which is basically like energy for your cells and so I think there's probably many more benefits that we don't even know about yet Um, I have a whole book here. This is an entire book on just red light, just red light. And it's amazing. And on the book, it says anti-aging, fat loss, muscle gain, performance, recovery, brain optimization. I feel like when we were experiencing it, I felt like it was in a meditative state too. Yeah, That's what I liked (laughs) about the laying down part. It really allowed us to get into that zone. That headspace, which is so cool. So you're coming, like if there is something physical that Mm -hmm. you'd like to see a difference in, you have the opportunity to see those benefits, but it's also the mind, which is so important to you too, which is so cool. I'm really happy that you mentioned that because... (laughs) You know, I've been to several places that have these different treatments in L.A., and I've been to places where there's a movie being played or there's, you know, loud music or or you can be on your phone or whatnot. And for me, if this is the one place that a person comes and is off their phone for 30 to 45 minutes, even better, even better, like just shutting the world out and taking the time, talking about self-care, of just being in that meditative state and letting go of your emails, your texts, phone calls, everything, and just shutting the world out, I think is so important these days, more, more important than it's ever been. There's so much stimuli that I truly don't think we even know the effects of it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I could come here every single day, <laughs> every single morning. You can. <laughs> Back. Yeah, <laughs> opening this and the feedback that I've been getting from people has just fed my soul as well. 
people feeling good, people feeling less stressed. And also that's what these do. The red light and the infrared, not only are you taking time out, but that light is helping reduce stress as well. And we are just all walking around as just balls of stress. <laughs> what are some things that you like to incorporate into your routine to reduce stress? And can you dive a little bit into how you set up your morning specifically? Yes. Everything has changed for me. I was a no breakfast person. If I, I knew that my routine would take me 40 minutes to get to work, I would wake up 40 minutes before I had to do that. I never, ever took the time, especially in the morning, to just create a routine. Your routine doesn't have to, you don't have to be solo, but just having that routine. That was hard for me, very hard for me. But I was talking to, believe it or not, a shaman, and she told me, you need to start a morning routine. I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) okie dokie. So what I do now is my alarm goes off. I like to just kind of figure out what my body's telling me. Because there are days I wake up, I wake up in pain. And then there's days I wake up not feeling any symptoms. This morning was one of those. For the last two weeks, I've been waking up feeling horrible. (laughs) So I just like to figure out, I like to just lie there, you know, just sort of noticing the sounds. Then I like to, before I shower, I love to, this is what I do before I shower. I like to do a full dry brush. Dry brushing is one of my favorite, favorite things. And it's my new birthday gift for friends. It's my new hostess gift for friends (laughs) is a dry brush. And so I do a full dry brush. And then I like to sit in front of my red light device at home and I will put in my earphones most of the time and do a guided meditation, listening to a guided meditation as I'm doing my red light. Because with red light, you can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's too bright. You can't can't be on your phone because you can't see it. And just do that. Guided meditation is about 10 minutes, and then I'll sit for the remaining 10 minutes and just sort of think about what I want this day to bring me and what I can bring to the day. So all of that literally takes about 15 to 20 minutes. And then I get in my shower, and and then I have been making time for breakfast. (laughs) What do you like to make for breakfast? Well, I love making breakfast for my kids because I know then that they are eating something decent. (laughs) Either gluten-free oatmeal, which I think, goodness, these days everything is, like you can find gluten-free everywhere. I put berries or bananas or some sort of fruit on there. Then if I'm cooking for my kids, then I'll usually do eggs. They don't know this and hopefully they don't listen to this, (laughs) but I'll do like, you know, two whole eggs and then the rest egg whites. So I just want to make sure that there's some sort of protein. I do love bacon, Mm. but I reserve that usually just like on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But turkey, I mean, there's there's so many alternatives now. So yeah, I'm not a big, unless I'm at a restaurant, I'm not a big sit down breakfast person. So it's usually quick. But what I love about, you know, just the gluten free oatmeal and some some fruit is I just I feel very satisfied mm-hmm. after and fueled which yeah definitely fueled and some days you know it's a protein bar mm-hmm. but it needs to be something I I went so many years like that I would maybe not even eat till three or four o'clock mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> you're not a really nice person when you're hungry <laughs> I get hangry yes yeah. hence the word hangry which yes I can't believe it took so long for someone to come up with that word. Yeah, you really do have to tune in to what you need. Like if your body is telling you you need food, then you should feed it. And if yes. you, if you need to I'm someone who likes to eat a little bit later, but that's because like my body says that that's okay for me. Right. Yeah. Yes. So it's, I love how you said you kind of just lay there and tune in to what you need and what you yes. can bring the day as yes. well. It's so intentional. Yes. Yeah. It's living an intentional life. Mm-hmm. You know, not just going through the motions, which I think I did for so many years and getting sick 
made me live a much more intentional life. Mm -hmm. Are there any wellness practices that you want to share that have helped you along your journey? What are the kinds of things that you like to incorporate that make you feel your best currently? Well, yeah, and currently is is interesting because I can't do, I can't really work out the way I used to. I ran half marathons, I've hiked mountains, I've rock, you know, I've been rock climbing, I've skied, like that was my life and it's no longer my life. So it was even just the other day, I was sitting here and looking out the window and it was so beautiful and I was like, you know, before I go home, which I don't, I only live like a mile away, I was like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna go take a walk and, but I'm gonna take a walk with intention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I feel and express gratitude for being able to go and walk for 20 or 30 minutes mm-hmm. because a couple years ago I was in bed so for me it's really being in nature I love being I don't necessarily like to go in the ocean but I I've always loved to live near water Mm -hmm. so I'm very fortunate that I can go down there walk along the strand and I don't even listen to music I just constantly kind of go through this mantra of how grateful I am that I get to do this that I don't need to be climbing, <laughs> climbing a mountain or, or anything like that. Just taking this walk in this environment is so healing in so many ways. And I think too, just in terms of like the health is the dry brushing. I am, I'm in the process now of incorporating a body treatment here that will include dry brushing as well as infrared. And that gets me going in the morning. Like that to me is better than a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. If I had the time to do that and go on a walk, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> what I do want to start incorporating is the roller. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. I am so excited. Oh, Very excited. And again, you're dealing with lymphatic drainage. Mm-hmm. And the rose quartz. The rose quartz, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, and you can even use it on your body as well. The gua sha, we love it for our shoulders. Oh, mm-hmm. I like Down that. that. I'm very excited to add that to my, to my routine, Good. definitely. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap up, can you share a self-adore intention with our audience? So this can be anything that they can take away, try to implement into their week ahead, something that you are perhaps working on or working towards. I've always had a difficult time being kind to myself. I let everybody else, <laughs> everyone else, I'm like, no, it's all, everything's, no, that's okay, it's all good. I'm so good with doing that with other people and not with myself. So I think I'm working very hard on being kind to myself. It's really, it's very hard. I did not grow up with that mindset. and. If something doesn't get done, I'm trying very hard to just give myself a break. You know, just give myself a break. I used to be a very a person who made, oh, I love my lists. And if I didn't get my list done at the end of the day, I just was kind of mad at myself and kind of felt like I failed. So I think being kind to yourself and, and learning how to be kind to yourself. So for me, the way I'm trying to learn is the second that the negative pops in, I just flip it. I just, I say something positive to myself of like, Kelly, it's okay. It can get done tomorrow. Or Kelly, it's all right. Like this is no reflection on you that you didn't get to the grocery store. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. So the second it pops in my head, I counteract it with something positive. And you know, in the beginning of that, I don't necessarily believe it, the positive. I'm still, you know, on the negative. But the more I do it, I'm starting to see those results, that the negative's not even coming up anymore. So my self-care right now is learning to be nice to myself. Beautiful. <laughs> Love that. That's amazing. So hopefully everyone can do a little bit of more positive self-talk and yes. kindness. <laughs> yeah, we love that. We'll work on that too. What are your podcast, book, or people recommendations and resources that you would recommend to our audience? There is one documentary, or actually there's a couple documentaries. One is, and I think it's called I Am, and it's, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. 
and it's about a guy who was he was biking and he was hit by a car he worked in Hollywood he's a Hollywood producer director he just changed his life completely around and basically healed himself by positive thinking and he's then made this documentary about kind of I think it's more about like the meaning of life but what it all comes down to and he I think he he interviews everyone from Deepak Chopra to Nelson Mandela I believe Oprah might even be on there and it's just it's about love and that goes into also you know being kind to ourselves loving ourselves the other one is a documentary called Heal and again the power of positive thinking and how we can heal our own bodies just by changing the way we think. I've seen that one. It's yeah. incredible. It is incredible. I also am a fan of the medical medium, Anthony William. I really identify with his books. They've helped me tremendously. I've given those as gifts as well. So where can people find you and keep up with you? And if they are local or visiting this area, how can they discover Well and Good? So uh, our website, wellandgoodhealthstudio.com. It's still in the process. There's so much information that I want to put on there, but wanted to get the website up, (laughs) which was also very difficult for me to do that and not feel like it was complete Mm -hmm. so I'm very proud of myself (laughs) I just I let go I let go amazing info I want to add more information because these treatments are relatively new to most people so I want to get as much information on the website also Instagram just well and good health studio and you can also just call us (laughs) (laughs) I love talking to people And so anyone who comes in here, which has been amazing, people coming in with their own stories. Well and good, I do not want it to be a factory. I don't want people running in, running out. You can stay, you can hang out, you can talk to us, you can tell us your story, you can give us advice. I want it to be a place where people come and hang out, you know, that it's not just in and out. We want to hear everyone's stories. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This has just been an amazing day. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Conversation and thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you.